Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 87th episode of the PJ Archive. It's the first of many interviews I've had the pleasure of doing with Eve Graham, the main lead singer of the British pop group The New Seekers, during their most successful period in the 1970s, alongside Lynn Paul, Marty Christian, Paul Layton, and Peter Doyle, who sadly died from cancer in 2001 at the age of 52. One of many later members of the New Seekers, Kevin Finn, known as Danny, left the group with Eve in 1978 to form a duo, and they married the following year. This interview took place over the phone in 2003, when they were living in Norfolk. Years later, they would move to Eve's native Scotland, where she would release several solo albums on the Scott Disc label. But singing again was not among Eve's plans when she spoke to me on this occasion. I'm happily retired now. Oh, OK. <laughs> I, I play in my garden all day. That's about it. I was 60 last month, and I, I thought that's, you know... Well, in fact, I haven't sung for about three years because I always enjoyed, you know, good big shows with a band. And... Um, the quality of work is just not around anymore. The, the work was just sort of few and further between, and it was too much trouble. You know, it takes a lot of rehearsal to get ready for a show, and if the shows are only coming every couple of months, you find that you're rehearsing a lot and not actually performing. And I always hated rehearsals. Mm. I loved performing, but I hated rehearsals. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I decided that that was it. I mean, if you've got to do it for a living, I suppose... You just have to take what comes. But I never wanted to spiral down, and I'm, I'm quite glad that it worked for me, that I, I was able to back out when um, I, I saw that the quality of work available to me wasn't the same. So will nothing coax you out of retirement now? Mm, a hit record, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't... No, it, um, no, nothing would coax me out of retirement now. I was never the type of person to kind of go out and promote myself. And right. unless you like that, unless you're really prepared to go out and, and knock on doors, then the work isn't going to happen. It, it's, it's given to somebody else. Mm. And I was never very good at uh, pushing myself. If, if a manager wasn't interested, then, then I wasn't going to be interested, mm. or at least not able to follow it up. I was a good singer, but I was never really show business type. Yeah. If you understand I do, the, yeah, the difference. Yeah. But was there a, an actual point where you came off stage one night and thought, that's it, I've had enough now? No. Every time I came off stage, I wanted to do more. I'd like to have gone back on and done it the next night. It was always before the shows. I would have to remind myself that the months or so leading up to it, I would start to rehearse a lot and have mm. to force myself to, you know, to do some vocalising, vocal exercises. Mm. Um, I think, oh, no, I've got to get myself ready for this gig. And I never wanted to do it. Mm. And then when I got there and did it, of course, I, I loved it. But the, the rehearsals became more overpowering than the, than the shows themselves, if you follow me. See, it kind of, I mean, the sort of music that you did, one could imagine an artist could carry on performing for quite a long time, really, you know, into old age, as it were. Because yeah, it was, oh, it was yeah. quite straightforward. Absolutely. The... the um, the point about that being that you have to be singing all the time. Um, and a lot of singers, when they're, when they're not working, they'll sing around the house. I just like performing. And um, 
I've, I've found it difficult to rehearse and keep myself going. And yes, a lot of people get to, to my time of life and they're still going out there and they're not as good as they were. But I like to think that every show that I did right up to the end, my voice was on top form. To me, my, the, vo the voice was everything. You know, being, being able to sing well, to me, was the most important thing. And I wouldn't go out there and just sing the songs and not be as good as I was. You explain that you sort of lost interest a bit because the, the quality of work wasn't there. Do you think if the new Seekers had stayed together and you'd stayed with them, that the quality of work would have been there because they were so popular? Popular, yes, but a number one worldwide group, no, because the style of music changed. It would still have had a following, but, well, the Eurovision Song Contest has just passed, and yeah. it was popular, but it certainly isn't the way that it was in the time, the time that we did it. I don't think it's, it's mainstream anymore. No, maybe not, but I always think of your kind of music as timeless, and it doesn't sort of go with any particular trend, so therefore it's still around, still popular. I think you're probably right, but, the, I mean, the New Seekers still exist. Two of the boys still have the name The New Seekers, but they're not a hit group anymore. And I, I think that the time that I left, See, that's hard because I didn't leave because it wasn't popular anymore. I no. left because uh, the two boys, Marty and Paul, they thought because we were famous that they could write all the songs. And in my opinion, the songs that they wrote weren't top quality. We always had top quality songs from other writers, mm. you know, from the best writers, Neil Sadaka, Neil Diamond, you know, yeah. all, the, all the top writers. But they thought it was okay to, for them to do it and produce the records even if I'd stayed with the group and put up with what I felt was a, a, a bastardization of the, of the, of the group, mm. as it was, I think we would have dropped in popularity anyway because the, the, the quality wouldn't have been as good. We wouldn't have been doing such good songs. The group has changed membership quite a bit over the years, mm -hmm. but the sort of really successful period was when you were there with Lynn and Marty yeah. and Peter and well, Paul. Well, yeah, if we'd stayed together, I suppose we would still have a very, very good career. We would still be working because there was a following. And I think the, the, the continuity, the fact that when, when bands split up, they're never individually going to be as strong. And, the, and what is left of it is never going to be as, as strong. To refer to a more recent example, if you look at the Spice Girls, yeah. individually they they uh, they're really pushing hard with all their you know they've got good management and all the rest mm. of it, and you know the names are around, but that's never as big as the Spice Girls together. And I I think that that happens. I can't really think of a group that split up and one person's been. Uh, I suppose you can. Well, Robbie Williams would take that, I should think. Yeah, yeah, He's done you're, pretty you're well. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I but there's not many. <laughs> yeah. There had to be an example someplace. But um, yes, that, that I think is an exception to a fairly common rule where mm. a band split up and the people never hear of them again. Maybe working, but you know. Do you think all the changes in the lineup of the New Seekers damaged its reputation and popularity? I think yes. I think there's chinks every time that happens. Every time there's a change. And I think we agree on that point that if, if the original lineup, oh well, bearing in mind, of course, it wasn't the original. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But you probably know that part. Yeah. Well, forget about the first year. But the the lineup that that existed during these hits, 
if that had stayed together, yes, the group would have mm. stayed stronger. But it, it's very, very hard for that to happen because you're asking people, I individuals, not to change. And even within a marriage, one will have to bend to what the other one wants to do. You know, and so you're, not, you're, you're asking five people to mm. almost put their lives on hold other than, you know, doing whatever is right for the group as a whole. The fans don't want you to change, but at the same time, if you went back to some of these fans uh, who'd been loyal to a group and then just suddenly switch over and they're loyal to another group, they say, well, they kept doing the same thing all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, the fans are mo the most fickle anyway, so yeah. I don't really think that it would have gone on indefinitely. At some point, uh, even if we'd all stayed together and kept doing the same kind of thing, I think that a lot of the fans would have drifted away from that. Mm. And, uh, and maybe maybe the glory is in the fact that, like James Dean and Elvis, <laughs> we died young. Right. <laughs> we died at the top. <laughs> have there been efforts, of, have they approached you to... Um to do a reunion of the sort of the most successful lineup. Yeah, I think there was vaguely one thing that happened just a few years after we split up, but 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 nothing more recently. And yes, I I I think some fans have sort of written in saying, "Why can't you just do one great show?" Not realizing, of course, that the only way to to be great as a group is to work together. Mm. You can't do one show, can you? You've got to you've got to be together for a while rehearse, do some little gigs, you know. It, it can't just happen as a one-off. And, and so effectively, that means, why don't you get back together? Mm. And that's, that was never going to happen. And what's your relationship with the other surviving members now of that sort of major line-up? Um, well, apart from the one I married, of course, uh, the, the other two boys, um, uh, Marty and Paul, uh, were left with the name of the group. And... Um, we're not in touch, uh, not in touch with them. And what about Lynn? Are you still in touch with her? I'm not in touch with her, um, although I know she's done very well for herself. She, she's in the West End, I think, or yeah. has been. Mm -hmm. uh, so she, she's done okay. She, she really wanted to be a star. Even after the, the group, she still worked very hard at it. So, you know, I have to admire the fact that she just got on with it and, and um, yeah, has done well for herself. How did you get on with her, though? Well, I got on fine with her. In fact, after the first girl had decided she wanted to leave, I, it was me that persuaded them to let Lynn join the group because she had auditioned originally and been turned down. But Lynn and I had worked together before that. And, oh, that's um, right, yeah, the nocturnes. In the nocturnes, that's right. And, and I knew that, that she and I together would be good. I just said, look, I know it'll work. Yeah. And um, it did work. And what about Peter? Because obviously he died a couple of years ago, didn't yes. he? Were you sad about that? I mean, how did he feel about it all? Well, I hadn't seen him for so long, so I think it is sad. But it was so nice to know that he had gone back to Australia, he had a, a, a farm there, and he'd married and settled down, and he'd had a good life. And it's sad that he died young, but at yeah. least got his life together. Yeah. I think that that's the good part. Because the surviving members and yourself don't really communicate anymore, do you find it quite sad when you look back and think of all the good times that you had and all the great success you had? Do you find it quite sad that you're no longer all friends? Not necessarily, because I, I think that people find it hard to 
think of what we did as a job. When we were working together for, for these years, four or five years, and then we had the little break and then we got back together. So it, in, all, in all, we're going up to nine years, really, I was with the group. But all of that was being together all the time, touring, being in hotels, you know, all the travelling. You're never at home. We used to drive past houses just, you know, when people were putting their lights on and sitting down to dinner and think, oh, I wish I could do that, mm. you know. <laughs> and um, I, I was quite glad. I, I still enjoy the, the freedom and the, the normal life that I have. You know, I, I mm. wasn't born in a suitcase. I didn't want all that touring. So you think of it as a job, and then at the end of that, you leave, you quit, and, mm. you, and you, you go. And and um, you don't always have to have these reunions. I, did, I didn't have reunions with people I was at school uh, with, or any other bands, or anything like that. So no more do I feel that there's any more of a compelling reason to... to uh, have a reunion with the with the new seekers. It it was it was good while we were there, and of course I was very very lucky, and I'm very grateful to have had the the solo career that I did afterwards, which was really based on the fact that I had been a new seeker. of the new seekers. Yeah. Tell us about the really good times with the new seekers. What what are the bits you look back on and think, wow, that really was special? To me, it was the music to a great extent and we did um, a show in Boston with the Boston Pops Orchestra so we had one of the most famous American orchestras mm -hmm. behind us and then another time with Nelson Riddle and oh, yeah. his orchestra mm -hmm. with Nelson Riddle conducting as our backing on a, on a live show. Things like that were just absolutely fantastic Though that is why really I don't want to work in a a cheap joint. Right. <laughs> I've been lucky enough to have been able to sing with the best musicians in the world backing us. Not, um, you know, I'm not talking about the group that, themselves. I mean, some of, of the great orchestras. And that's great. Have you found that some great artists really rated you years ago and you and you found out since then i mean like lynn's recently found out that boy george has been a bit of a fan and she's joined him on stage and stuff have you sort of well i, I think it's always surprising when you realize that that people know you and and, uh, and the fact is if you if if you said to me you know if you pose the question well you, you know you when you were really at the top every other act uh, in, in the world probably would know who you were and, yeah. and, and that is absolutely true yeah. but I was at a party oh back in the late 70s and mm -hmm. um, it was a, a, some sort of showbiz record launch or something I was just walking through a very very crowded area and there were some tables and chairs and a voice from behind shouted hi Eve how's Scotland oh. and I turned around it was Paul McCartney and I was so gobsmacked, I, I said, fine, and I kept walking. <laughs> and he must have thought, you know, what a real <laughs> dummy shit. But I was, I was just too, too taken aback, you know. So that was my opportunity to get to know Paul McCartney. It was Paul and Linda McCartney and Bob Dylan and his wife, and they were, they were sitting together at a table. And I just uh -huh. walked, I, I virtually snubbed them simply uh -huh. because I was too shy to speak. But, you know, but, I mean, that is an example, I think, of, of what you're asking me. God, and so you never did go back and talk to them? No. <laughs> I have dreamed all my life of talking to Bob Dylan. That would be fantastic. Oh, I know, I know. It would, it, it would have been great. And he, and he was obviously in, inviting me to stop and, and, and chat but, and, and to recognise me because I was just yeah. I, I was just walking past. 
just looked up and said, hi, how's Scotland? Go and on. I went, fine, and kept walking. <laughs> well, he'll appreciate your apology after all these oh, years. Oh, yes, I apologise profusely for being <laughs> such a dummy, but I was, I was just too dumbstruck to, mm. to do anything else. That happened a few times in, in America. Debbie Reynolds in a restaurant, for instance, said hello to me, I and I just nodded and moved on. Again, I, I lost opportunities to maybe get to know people a little bit better and probably also to promote my own career because I, I, was, I was inhibited. Yeah. I, I didn't have the confidence to think, oh, they want to talk to me, you know? I mean, songwriters mm. were sending things. Um, really, I must say, for me to sing, because at that time in America, I was singing the leads on, on yeah. the songs. You know? What do you think was the greatest song that you did together? I don't know, because there are different reasons for, for great songs. Um, Which one brought you the, the, the most happiness or whatever? Well, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Is If you like, it's a twee song. But the emotional charge in audience reaction and, and things like that, I mean, it was just great at the time as soon as we started the song and you know how the how they would cheer and everything i mean that that was great and obviously it was because of the success of that song that we were able to do all these things that we did do i think if, if there if there is a regret in my life it's that i started out as a singer of i think stronger songs the new seekers were locked into a particular era I wouldn't necessarily call it wallpaper music, but it was referred to as wallpaper music, I think, mm. in one TV sitcom at one point. The Good Life, a sitcom called The Good Life. Yeah, There's one episode where the woman comes in and says, oh, you, must you sit, listen to that wallpaper music? And he's, he's got the new seekers on, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, the music of the time was very easy and light and yeah. easy to listen to. Mm -hmm. And to, as a singer, it, it wasn't challenging at all. I, I never liked jazz, but I did like more soulful songs or bigger ballads, you might say. Mm. If I could live my life again, I would hope that I would have an opportunity to do something with a different type of music. Because yeah. I, I felt that I had trouble afterwards trying to be recognized as a solo artist because all they ever wanted me to do was New Seeker stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, I never really got to, to stretch myself. And that's, the, that's, that's a little bit... Uh, of a regret, I think. Mm. Yes. How but often do you still listen to the New Seekers music? Never. I, I think I would confess that I would not have been a fan of, really? of the New Seekers. I like a lot of the album tracks because Dave Mackay did some great vocal arrangements. And now, the, the vocal arrangements are the bits that I like. And the Nocturnes that came before the, the New Seekers that was the part that I liked about that. Mm. What's your greatest sort of fan moment uh, as, a, as a new seeker? You know, did you get mobbed at some point? Oh, yeah. What's your most memorable moment with all the fans? Oh, I, I, I think it's unquestionably the, the Eurovision Song Contest. I think, I think all of us, we, we would all say the same thing. We'd been to America and had a hit in America. Then we came back and we were locked into seven weeks on the Cliff Richards show singing, because in those days, if you remember, yeah. the, the songs were written for us. So we did the seven weeks on the Cliff Richards show, singing one song each week. And then we went up to Edinburgh to do the, the contest. Well, because we were isolated from the fans during the, the hit in America and yeah. then the, the TV shows, there was a build-up in the country of, of enthusiasm. And by the time we came to do the Eurovision Song Contest, the 
fans were thronging the Princess Street in Edinburgh, and they had to get the riot squad out eventually no. on horses to open the street up. Couldn't get the traffic passed. After the contest, we went straight on tour. I think the first stop was Newcastle, and we didn't have enough men to look after us. We, I remember us sitting in the in the in the car with mm. our manager David Joseph, and the car was being rocked by by fans. They were they were pushing it because mm. they were they were getting pushed against it. And the car was rocking, and, and David, our manager, said, "Don't panic, anybody! Don't panic!" <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, yeah. we had to take on some more uh, people to look after us during that tour, but oh, we yeah. built such a following up. Now, what about your own following? Because you were a great beauty, and you probably still are, because I can't see you, obviously, but did you have lots of male admirers? Uh, I think I had my share. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, again, because of the um, the confines of, of what we were doing, you know, like travelling and, you know, touring... And me being the type of person I, I was, I, I wasn't... But I, I was outspoken in the sense that I'd say what I thought, but I was not very good at making conversation when I met people. It was kind of like, you know, the Paul McCartney thing. Fine. Yeah. And that was about all you got out of me. But I look now, and I think that I actually was... I don't know if beautiful is really the right word, but I, I was far more attractive than I thought I was. And I, I think I maybe would have had, well, I know I would have had a lot more confidence in myself. Uh, I, I always thought when people were looking at me that there was something wrong with me. <laughs> Instead of thinking I was getting a, a second look, you know. Mm. In New York once, I was walking up Fifth Avenue and I came to a, a set of traffic lights. I was, I was going to be walking straight on and somebody walked up to the traffic lights to standing by the traffic light waiting to cross over the road and he he turned around and looked at me and then did a double take and gave me an enormous smile and i looked away it was robert wagner really yeah but i I didn't know whether he was being fresh or whether he recognized me and of course in retrospect he could have recognized me because we were all over the papers I was never confident enough to smile back and say hello or anything like that, you know. I found it difficult to to really meet people. And, and so when it, whenever you, you know, when you're working all the time, you don't. It's only the people that you're working with. And, 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 and I always had this thing about not getting involved with people that I worked with. And uh, so that's how it stayed. But I mean, did you get lots of fan mail from men and did you get propositioned and all sorts? No, I don't think so. Not too much. No, not really. Oh, I thought you'd have been inundated with uh, people sending you things and asking you to marry them and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Really? <laughs> oh, I thought you'd have got hundreds of fan letters and things. Um, well, we did. We did. We had a fan club. But, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I read all of them. I never answered any anyway. What, what other artists did you ever perform on the same bill as, as it were? You know, like these days they'll have a big rock concert and there's loads of other bands playing. Did you ever perform with anyone else and think, wow? We, you know. we did some, although not a great deal, um, because you have to bear in mind that once we we almost immediately had hit records, and then what you are is you're the top of the bill. <laughs> I remember after I left the group, I, I did Panto once with Cannon and Bowl. And um, Bobby Ball said, oh, he said, I'm such a fan of you. He was a, a great fan because yeah. they had supported us. 
they, they used to be our support act, and, and but we, I, I think I, he said you never spoke to me then. <laughs> 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 I think I spoke, but I mean we didn't actually socialise or anything like that mm. because when when you're the top of the bill and you've got fans, what they do is they whisk you in and they whisk you out before the end, and you, mm. and you never even see the other people on on the bill. But some of the things in the states uh, we did with other people: Dion Warwick, right. Vicky Carr, right. uh, Liza Minnelli. Andy Williams, and then we did TV shows, Sonny and Cher, Andy mm. Williams, Dinah Shore, and then we did the chat shows, you know, like Johnny Carson, oh, and, yeah. you know, all the, all the major, all the major shows of the time, really. You saw but, Cliff, though, didn't you? What, what were you any funny yeah, stories spent about... Yeah, more time on the Cliff series, yeah. Before the show, Cliff used to like, uh, he'd have a little glass of sherry <laughs> before he went on, and he used to come to my dressing room to the waist down really? and sit in my chair in front of my mirror and I would massage his shoulders Bloody and we'd have a little yeah. chat. <laughs> did you quite fancy him? Yes, I think I did. I don't know if fancy is the right word. I think, I think he's a, an attractive man. An, an mm. attra- I, like, I like his character. I admire his character. He was very nice to me. And, and I have a feeling that he tried to fix me up with Bruce Welsh, but uh, that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> was there anyone who pursued you, who, who you weren't interested in, or who you quite it would like? It wasn't not being interested. Anybody that I, I thought was really attractive, I, 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 went, I went the wrong way. You know, I, I, for some reason, I, if anybody was, you know, I thought was really nice, I kind of backed off. I kind of gave them the cold shoulder. It was almost like tried to be even less approachable than I, Sabotaged than I was. Sabotaged it. Rod Stewart? No. No, not my type. Anybody like that, anybody who I felt had a reputation with mm. women, I would definitely just completely turn my back on. Had a, a lovely dinner, though, with, with Rod Stewart and Britt Eklund. We went to dinner in, in Los Angeles, this was, and I figured out her, what she does. It was so clever, and I thought absolutely so classy and elegant. Well, there was only four of us at, at dinner. And she ordered everything from the menu, but she only had a little bit of each thing. And mm. I just thought that was so clever. And she didn't make a big deal about it. We had conversation. But she would just take a few spoonfuls of her soup and then, then just leave it. And just take a, a little bit of everything. Rather than, than making a big fuss and saying, oh, I can't eat that. Uh, you know, I won't order that. And I only want a salad or something. Right. You know, she, she tasted a bit of everything. Uh, that, that's probably why she's such a nice-looking person. <laughs> oh, yeah. she, she actually has enjoyed her food. <laughs> Do you have memorabilia from those days? Do you keep a scrapbook or videos or anything? Oh, yeah, I've got a lot. I've got my dress I wore on the Eurovision Song Contest, really? which might go on <laughs> eBay shortly. <laughs> I've got all the gold and silver discs and things like that. Yeah, I've got two or three dresses that I kept. I've got a black one that... I wore, that was leading up to Eurovision as well, it was a, a dress that I wore on the Cliff Richard series leading up to the Eurovision, a black one with black and white sleeves, and I kept that because it was the most beautiful dress. There is a trunk in the attic which has got a lot of press cuttings in it because there was a press agency and they used to keep all the cuttings and send them to us, and they went in a, a trunk, and I, ha- I, haven't had, I haven't looked in there for years. <laughs> What's the most memorable thing that was ever written about you? 
I suppose laughingly, the, the, there was a, an article after I did my first solo performance saying that I was going to be a huge solo star. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't work out. Oh. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know because the, the, we were on a high for for these few years, I suppose, mm. in, in in the sense that that there were lots of flattering things said, and there was a lot said about our hit records and things like that. How do you feel now about the the outfits you wore in those days, and do you still have any? Well, it does make me smile when I walk down the street and you see teenagers wearing stuff <laughs> as if they were the first ones to think of it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like we, you know, the sort of kind of flared trousers and crop tops and things like that. Mm. <laughs> and do I still have any? No, I don't think so. No. When you look back at the footage or the photos, do you think, oh my goodness, did I really wear that? No, because I was 30 then, nearly, uh, which was quite... Uh, even then I felt probably that, that I didn't wear anything outrageous. You know, it, it, I wasn't like a teenager where you kind of wear the fashionable thing and maybe don't quite get it quite right or whatever. But, mm. uh, so I was maybe a little bit more conservative in any case. How much did the financial difficulties of the group, you know, not getting their just rewards, basically. How much did that take the shine off the whole experience? I think a great deal. One of the tricks was that they kept us so busy we didn't have time to complain. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, we were living. A lot of the money went on um, limousines and good hotels and things like that because it's the only way to get you through the week is, is mm. to make sure that you, you don't have to walk any place when mm. you can go in a nice comfy car, you know. So, so there was a lot of... Of, of luxury in, in that sense, if you can call it that, although mm. they then dumped us into a dressing room backstage or something. But <laughs> I think, really, you don't really have time to think about it. And I didn't ever want to, to really be focused only on that. Did you earn enough to survive? For the, or did you really have to keep on working after the New Seekers broke up? I, I earned enough to survive not to save a great deal I earned enough to, to buy a house mm. so I can't complain about that mm. um, my, my house was £12,500 <laughs> I remember and we, we all had money but we weren't it's not like the money they make now mm. but we all had money to get if you like to get started and thereafter yes we would have had to all keep working because that, you know that that it was like good money to get started and buy your first house, but but not enough to retire on. And did you think when you left that you would be a successful solo artist? I left the group because I wanted to leave the group, not because I was leaving to be a star. But I was fairly confident I would have a career because I was good at what I did. Yeah. I felt badly let down by management and agencies because I didn't really understand that they don't actually bother to work for you. They only want to sit back and take the money. And um, there was nobody who actually went out and you know picked up the phone on my behalf because you have to keep nagging them. And if I wasn't nagging them, somebody else was. They took management and agency, they take on lots of artists and then kind of throw it all against the wall and mm. it had nothing really to do with talent and my mistake was in believing in, in, in a system which isn't there. <laughs>
But if you could go back to your post-Newseekers days, how would you play things differently? Being a solo artist, probably, I was just never meant to be one because I, I could only do it along with other people. Being a solo artist, no, there would still have had to be somebody there. If, if I had married a manager, if Kevin had been able to, to change hats and become a manager and he had really pushed, then I could have been a star. That sort of thing. There would always have had to be somebody there to do it for me. And did you ever fancy doing anything like Lynn's done, like going into the West End Theatre or anything like that, or was it all going to be just performing as a singer and that's it? I don't think I would want to do what she does. She she loves that. Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be driving into London every evening mm. and working and driving home late at night. Not my style. But Most it was always hers, and and you know she was born for that, and she's good at it. Most people probably assume that the, the peak years of the New Seekers were probably the best part, best time of your life. How true is that? I think it probably is true. And not for contentment, necessarily, but, it, yes, I, I mean, there's no way that I would say that I wish it hadn't happened or it was a waste of time. Or, mm. um, it, it, it was the peak of my working life, certainly, I think if if I was able to make a choice between that sort of life and and being married and settled and having a home, I guess having a home is, is what I what I like. But that's a hard one. Hmm. <laughs> hard to say. Do you still have family and friends in Scotland? Do you still have a home in Scotland? I don't. We don't have a house there. No, I, I've got. I have two brothers there. Oh yeah. Their families, uh, Billy and Andrew. They're both architects. They're both younger than me. They're still working. Their son name is Beetson, and they both uh, work in Perth. What of your parents? What business were they in? My father was an electrical engineer with the hydroelectric board in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So I can do all my own wiring in the house. That's the <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> and and my mother uh, had a post office, a sub mm. post office. So they're no longer with us then. No, they're gone. Mm. Mm. Was there any um, music? talent in your family prior to you? Yeah, my dad was a, a singer in a sort of operatic, you know, concert party type singing. You know, I, I think both my mum and dad are well known around the town. And um, the two brothers that are still in Perth are, are pretty well known. And uh, Billy, the younger one, in fact, he was a footballer. He played for Inverness Cali for oh. a while. I, I've got another brother and sister in Canada. Uh, Joan... She has four children, mm-hmm. and uh, one of her boys became a, a famous footballer over there, oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of American-style football, and uh, Ian. Did anybody tell you when you were young that you would be a star one day, that you had something special about you? Oh, absolutely not, no. Singing professionally wasn't an option in those mm. days. Uh, I think uh, Lulu broke new ground when she, you know, when she became a professional singer. But it wasn't the sort of it wasn't. There was no such thing as a job description of being a, a singer. I mean, nowadays kids can think that they might do that for a career, but I don't think we we ever thought about it. Certainly not coming from Scotland. Have you lived at all a showbusy lifestyle since those days? No, not really. No, <laughs> no I, I I don't think I ever did live a showbiz lifestyle. I think it would have been great to go to lots of showbiz parties. Because I didn't party much, I never really met anybody else. And it was no. only probably, probably wouldn't met Kevin if he hadn't joined the group. <laughs> oh. But, 
you know, we, we didn't really, we just kept ourselves to ourselves, I suppose. Are you still in touch with anybody in the music business at all, or show business? No, I think, you know, people that go out of the business, you, you know, nobody really cares very much. Oh, we care. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you get recognised? I don't really know. Yes, okay, once or twice somebody said, are you Eve Graham? Mm. <laughs> because I still look the same. I mean, obviously I'm older, but I still look the same. I still got my own <laughs> my own teeth, and I don't even dye my hair yet. It's still mm. dark brown. You know, and in fact, I I, I actually had to, to go to see the, the nurse at the surgery this morning, and she came out, and then she went back in again, and when she came out, she said, I had to go and check that it was really you. <laughs> check, she had to check my date of birth to make sure it was really me that was there. <laughs> oh, that's nice. But I, I do, I, fortunately, I have worn well, so I don't have to worry too much about things like that. Do you not miss show business at all? Yes, I probably do. Yeah. When do you miss it? When you're watching TV sometimes and you think, well, um, I could do better than that? Or? Everybody wants... Yes, exactly. Yes, mm. I think, you know, as I say, I'd love to perform, but then the thought of it, of, of having to get ready to do it, to rehearse for it, would mm. be a totally different thing. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't find my life boring without it. it. It's very hard to say to you why I, do, I wouldn't want to be in the new speakers anymore. It's, I, I enjoyed it at the time, but I do... Although you say that you believe that it was timeless, I don't see it that way. And even maybe it's that that, that we move on, that I move on. You know mm. that that the music that we were doing then, I didn't like anymore. I mean, I've never watched the Eurovision Song Contest since. Well, Kevin was in it in, in Prima Donna in mm. 1981 or two, something like that. He was in it then, and I only watched half of that. I only mm. watched their bit. <laughs> but um, why don't you watch it? But because I think the music is still pretty much like it was then. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's in a time warp. And I would think that the new speakers would be in a time warp. <clears throat> mm. And it's, frankly, I think it's not my time. <laughs> because I was already, I was 26 when I joined, I think. But the music that I like was from before that. I think when we, most of us look back, you're looking back at the time when you were maybe 20-ish. And, and you know like people that like music of the 60s in fact Kevin just bought a CD for his car not very long ago and it's Ricky Nelson that's the kind of thing that, that we like and uh, if I went back into music I'd probably rather go into something more like uh, like that or, or doing something like the Mamas and Papas in fact the stuff I did with the Nocturnes I loved how satisfied are you with your career? well if, if I had done a better job of my career, it would, it would have been because I was a different person. I would have had to be a, a lot harder and a lot pushier, and I just wasn't. And I'd rather not be that person. I'd, ra I'd rather be the person I am than the person who could have made be me famous. <laughs> so I'm only not satisfied in the, from the point of view that I am dissatisfied with the people who who said they wanted to manage me and then didn't bother to do anything about it. But I don't think that it's my fault. Uh, I don't think that, that the onus was on me to be the one to push to try and make myself famous. To what extent do you think you've been given the credit that you deserve? I think the credit for talent, if you like, if, if that's the question. 
it, it was uh, it, the success of the new seekers. I mean, I, I really think that we, we got a lot out of it, and I'm satisfied with that. But there's a little bit of frustration in that I didn't sing, or rather that people didn't hear me sing songs mm. that I would have liked them to hear. I think fans would have enjoyed me doing the things that I, I like, but uh, I never got the chance to do that. But I can't complain because we got enough glory. Do you ever write songs nowadays? No, and I never did write songs. No? You're not interested? No, uh, uh, only, only because... I mean, I, it, it, it's part of the principle of why I felt that, that Marty and Paul had no yeah. right to try to change the new seekers by writing their songs. They, yeah. they felt that I was stubborn, and, and that, that, that's why I left the group. They thought that I was being short-sighted, not, not listening. They said, oh, our songs are good enough. Mm. I thought, no, because, because I could write songs like that, but I didn't. If they were appearing in Great Yarmouth, would you go and see them? No. It's not that I, I'm saying I hate them, mm. you know, because I'm not that type of person. I, do, I don't hate them. But I, it, you can think of your memories. I can enjoy the memories of the way things were, but I don't want, want it the way things are now. I'm not interested in the new seekers now. How do you want people to remember you after you've gone? <laughs> oh dear, that, that, no, that's tough. This is assuming that people do, in, in the way that they saw me. Maybe not the way that I necessarily was, but, but let them remember me the way that they, they saw me. Mm. Uh, it, it, you know, the, at the height of the New Seekers' fame, except for the few who saw me singing solo and realised that I actually was a good singer as well. And then I, I hope that they don't forget that part.